You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7. And as you can see, we are joined by Goval's 24-7's Patrick Brown. Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jackie. Appreciate you having me on and uh, ready to, to preview this, uh, this football game. It's finally football. We've been talking about football for so long, from spring to fall, to finally have a game to talk about is actually pretty exciting. What's the mood around the Tennessee program? Because obviously there's a lot of excitement around the Vols in preseason, especially. Yeah, Jackie, you, you kind of touched on it. There's a lot of excitement. I mean, Tennessee's coming off its best season in, uh, since 2001 um, was the last time they won 11 games. Obviously, last season uh, was sort of their breakthrough year, their second season under Josh Heupel. Uh, they won 11 games. Uh, they were number one in the country uh, in the first uh, college football playoff rankings starting November at 8-0. Uh, their first number one ranking uh, since 1998. Lost a game at Georgia, had the uh, the surprise loss at South Carolina, but managed to bounce back and beat Vanderbilt and then beat Clemson in the Orange Bowl. So uh, they beat three of the last four national champions, if you throw LSU in there as well. And, of course, I think everybody remembers that Alabama game. So uh, there's a lot of excitement about this program and the direction it's headed. Uh, I think they they signed a top 10 recruiting class for the 2023 cycle. Uh, they I think they're sixth, uh, last I checked, in the uh, – in the current cycle. So uh, there's a lot of excitement about the direction of this program. There's a lot of excitement about this team in particular with, with Joe Milton taking over and uh, and some of the pieces they have on offense and, and sort of the trend of, of improvement that they have on defense as well. So uh, there's a lot of excitement and uh, there's, there's big expectations too, as, as Tennessee they're, you know, from Josh Heupel on down players, they've, they've all said that the SEC East is, is their, their first target, their first objective. And uh, that's obviously going to take uh, knocking off Georgia, which is a big ask, but, uh, that just shows that this program has championship level aspirations. That certainly wasn't the case two years ago when uh, it was Apple's first season. They were in kind of rebuild mode and uh, you didn't really know what to expect. And you brought up Joe Milton. Obviously, there's no Hendon Hooker coming in for this season. What, what changes under Milton? What have you guys seen from him and his development as a leader of this offense? Well, Jackie Milton is a, a interesting story. He's he's been around the block a few times. Um, this is his sixth season of college football, but um, I don't know the number off the top of my head. But he does not have like a full season's worth of uh, of pass attempts in his career because he was a backup for two seasons at Michigan. 
Uh, he was the starter for the half season played uh, during the COVID pandemic uh, and then ended up losing that job. He had a thumb injury there that, that had sur- that he had to have surgery on after that season before he transferred to Tennessee. Obviously at Tennessee, he was the starter for two games and got hurt in the first half of, of the 2021 game against Pittsburgh. Uh, that was the Kenny Pickett pit team that went on to, to win the ACC. But, um, you know, he, he was the backup all that season, backup all, you know, for all last season um, before the final two games. So he, he's been around the block, but, um, he, he insists he's not very different from what he was last season. I think the big difference in Joe Milton is from two years ago when he first got to Tennessee. Uh, he was still obviously learning the offense, learning how this, this Josh Heupel system works. And I think more importantly, Jackie, I think he was learning uh, his teammates around him too. I don't know that he handled some of the things or, or did some of the things that maybe he needed to do uh, to sort of to win their respect. But uh, after what happened to him in 2021, he, he stuck around. He, you know, he could have gone in the portal and had plenty of suitors with with the arm and, and the size and some of the talent that he has. But uh, he stuck around, and, and he and, and him and Hooker were really close. They're roommates. Uh, they had a really nice kind of connection there, where, where Hooker's this like relentless, uh, almost uh, OCD kind of worker, and Milton's a little bit more laid back, and so they kind of play well off each other. And um, you know, I, I think he's. Uh, I think he's ready for the spotlight more uh, now than he'll he'll ever be. And, and you know, he's obviously got to go out there and prove it. But um, the differences between those two guys, it, there's differences in their personality. I think Milton's a little bit more laid back. He, you know, he likes to smile a lot. He's maybe a little bit less robotic. Like they had to get Hendon Hooker to like relax and have fun. They don't have to do that with Joe. Um, but uh, he, he's just not going to be the improviser or the scrambler um, that the Hendon Hooker was. Hooker was so great at turning up what looked like a clear sack into – uh, into something. And, and a lot of times it was a big play. So uh, Milton doesn't have that, but obviously he has the arm. I think he has the ability to stretch the field uh, both vertically with how far he can throw it and, and horizontally as well with some of their quick game on the perimeter. But uh, I also think he can, uh, he's developed the touch to hit those downfield passes a little bit more accuracy. And uh, I think the middle of the field is, I think is an area where Tennessee could work a little bit more the way they spread their receivers out. There's a lot of windows and a lot of space that is just naturally created. And um, I, I think that's an area where, they could potentially uh, try to attack a little bit more this season with Milton, maybe than, than compared to Hooker last year. It's probably too much to ask to keep that pace that they played last year with all, you know, one of the top ranked scoring offenses in the country. But do you feel like because they have so many guys returning experience wise, that is something that they could struggle? Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the standard for Tennessee's offense is to always be the best in the country. And, you know, Josh Heupel's done this now for his fifth season as a head coach. He was an offensive coordinator for two years at Missouri. He kind of turned them around in the SEC before he, he got his first head coaching job at UCF. I think all his offenses as a head coach have, have averaged more than 40 points a game. So they're just they're going to put up points because that's just what they do. It's it's a unique system that they had that they play. Um, it's hard to defend. Uh, I think a lot of people probably in other SEC fan bases thought oh, it's kind of gimmicky. Well, you know, our defensive coordinators in this league will figure it out second time around and, and they did and, and Tennessee was uh, the level of offense they played last season was the level where it got teams to sort of kind of do things that they didn't really want to do. Um, I look at the Florida game. They went for fourth down like six or seven times. Um, you saw teams and coaches, you know, guys like Brian Kelly and, and Mark Stoops, who maybe are uh, maybe not offensive minded guys that were trying to chase points late in the half and stuff. So um, and, and going for fourth downs near midfield and things like that. So, uh, that was the level of the offense they played last year where it was like teams knew they had to score and, and they kind of tried to maybe get out of their comfort zone. Uh, what this offense does is, is it's, it plays really fast, so that, that puts a lot of stress on defense, and they spread the 
receivers out so wide that it creates so much space. And basically it makes your defense, do you want to play with six in the box? You'd want to play with seven. Uh, if you play with six in the box, then Tennessee's going to have the numbers advantage and they're going to run the ball. Now they may not hit a bunch of 20 yard runs, but they hit five, four or five yard chunks at a time. Eventually you're going to have to cheat a safety or, or cheat an outside guy in there. And uh, that's when they get single coverage and, and single high safety looks. And uh, that's sort of when they take their shots down the field with some of the stuff they do. So it, it's a really hard offense to, uh, to prepare for because you can't really simulate the tempo. Um, and it's also, a, it just stresses defenses in so many ways. And, and we saw last season with Jalen Hyatt, who won the Blitnikoff, that uh, if they get a matchup, they'll just, they'll attack it. I mean, they, they got him free releases off the line in the slot and, and just went after safeties and, and slower DBs and, and they couldn't keep up with him. And um, that's sort of what this offense does. And it just puts a lot of stress on, uh, on defenses. And, and as you mentioned, they've got a lot of guys back. So there's, there's a lot of guys that are in their second and third year running the system that know it in and out and, and know how to play. One of the keys for this offense is going to be this offensive line. Have they answered a lot of the questions from that group? Uh, yes and no. Um, they they kind of went into camp with uh, the three positions that were maybe a little bit uh, open were left tackle, right tackle, and then left guard. Uh, they had two. Um, uh, Darnell Wright was their all SEC right tackle last season. He was number 10 overall pick in the draft, went to the Bears. Uh, and then Jerome, Jerome Carvin was their left guard. He was a like a 43 game starter in the SEC. So uh, two experienced guys, talented guys. Um, and, and then, you know, early on in camp, I think before the first scrimmage, Cooper Mays has a, I believe it's hernia surgery is what it's been. Uh, so, uh, and that came on the heels of, of, of my, uh, John Campbell Jr., a Miami transfer who started for the Hurricanes last season. He kind of took over left tackle pretty early. So it kind of shifted from, you still had three positions that were up in the air. Uh, Cooper Mays is, um, he's, he's a preseason all ICC guy. Uh, he's probably one of the more invaluable guys in the league. He's not going to play in this game on Saturday. Uh, and his timetable is a little bit up in the air, a little bit further down the road past this game in Nashville. So, uh, he, he's going to be a big miss, uh, because the, the center in this offense, you know, centers in a lot of offenses have to make all the calls and identify the fronts and things like that. But uh, when you're trying to stop the ball every eight to 10 seconds, that center has got to be, uh, he's got to be energizer bunny that, that never gets tired and, He's always the first one on the ball because everybody else is getting lined up off him. So the sooner he gets lined up, the sooner he, uh, the sooner everybody else can, you can snap the football. So um, Ollie Lane is a guy that's been sort of a career backup that that looks like he's going to take over that position. But uh, that was sort of a, a quest in camp was, and really all off season was to find his backup because it was Carvin. Um, two years ago, uh, Cooper Mays had, I think he missed like five games and a couple more. Uh, with an ankle injury and they just slid Carvin over and he played center and, and they kind of kept on going, but uh, they, they've, it's sort of been an off season long quest. And then uh, I think you could see multiple guys at left guard and, and that position's really unsettled, even going into game week. And uh, I think right tackles another position where I think they've got a starter identified, but you also could see rotation, which is something that they didn't really have to do last season when they had, uh, they had four guys that barely ever missed a snap. That was probably one of the big reasons that group took a, a stride forward. Uh, it's because their best offensive linemen were in the lineup all season. And then, um, you know, I, you know they've got to figure that those couple of spots out that are going to still be sort of unsettled going into the season. So uh, that's sort of the big question mark if you're looking at this offense. And, and certainly I think Virginia has some guys up front that could uh, make it interesting. It would be a little bit more interesting if Chico Bennett Jr. was going to play. I think he would be a good test for uh, those tackles. But uh, Virginia is still going to be a, a nice early test. And a lot of Tennessee fans probably don't know that Virginia's, you know, their defensive line is probably the, the strength of their defense. So, um, that, that's going to be an, a, a good early test off the bat for this offensive line for Tennessee that's still kind of figuring things out a little bit, I think, going into the season. 
I was actually going to make that point. That was the matchup that I was keen on seeing. You know, Cam Butler's um, has had a great season last year. That's probably going to be the matchup of him, you know, going after Joe Milton. That would be something to keep an eye on. Would you agree? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, that you, they, Tennessee probably feels better about the tackle situation than, than maybe they were going into camp just because Campbell is a guy that uh, he's, he's sort of been a hit. I mean, I think he's, really endeared himself to his teammates. He, he had a great interview earlier in the preseason where he talked about how he, he was excited. He didn't really want to come to Tennessee. Then he saw they had Waffle House here. He said he had to go 40 minutes from Coral Gables to find a Waffle House down in, in South Florida. So uh, he was a guy that's from Orlando and, and knew Joe Milton in high school, actually. So that was an, an interesting connection. Um, and then the other tackle is Jeremiah Crawford, who, who was a starting tackle for them last year on the left side. So, uh, again, he's a guy that's been in the system for three years. He was a junior college transfer. So – um, yeah, that, that, that defensive line is going to be, uh, you know, that, that, that was going to be one of the matchups, as you mentioned, Jackie, that was, uh, if you're trying to find a way for Virginia to keep this game closer than, than the four touchdown spread might indicate, that would be one. Um, and certainly, you know, Tennessee's offensive line will, you know, they're, they're going to see better defensive lines once they get in the SEC, but uh, this one is, is not going to be uh, an easy one. And it would be a lot harder if Bennett was playing. I wish he was because uh, from what I've seen, he seems like a good player. But uh, certainly there's still some guys uh, up front for the Cavs that can, uh, make things interesting and and try to uh, keep Milton from from having all day to to throw and pick out his guys on the outside. And he also has Tennessee connections. He lived there when uh, his parents were uh, with the military. Um, so when you look at the UVA's offense versus Tennessee's defense, is there any matchup that you're that Tennessee particular is worried about? Uh, I don't know about Tennessee. This, you know, Tennessee's pass defense was 127th in the country last season, um, and. Uh, now, Tennessee's defense, I think it's bad rap because they held uh, 10 of their 13 opponents to 30 points or less, uh, which when you play on the opposite side of the offense that they have, you're going to win a lot of football games when you do that. But uh, some Tennessee fans and, and some other people are probably still soured by what happened against South Carolina where they gave up 63 and Spencer Rattler just lit them up. I think he had like 400-something yards passing and I think six touchdowns. He had eight going into the game. So uh, there, there's still some, some question marks, and, and deservedly so. I mean, they gave up. Uh, they, they were picked apart pretty good by Bryce Young, which, you know, when it's Bryce Young, he picked everybody apart. He was ridiculous that day. And then uh, even Anthony Richardson, who was not maybe the best passer for a lot of his games at Florida last season, threw for like 450 on him. So a lot of that was late in the fourth quarter. They were trying to play catch up. But um, this deep, this pass defense has to show that they can take strides. And, and we kind of wondered all last season if it was going to be uh, – it was clearly the weakness. We wondered if it was going to hurt them, and it ended, it ended up hurting them when they played – uh, obviously, that South Carolina game is the one that knocked them out of potentially being in the college football playoff. So uh, that's the question. And and I would say that it's probably a, a three-level deal because pass defense isn't just on your cornerbacks or your, uh, or your safeties. Uh, you know, I think they have to be better at linebacker, which they should with some young athletic guys coming in uh, to play. Uh, and then you got to get pressure on the quarterback. And, and that's something that Tennessee's really emphasized this offseason. Uh, Tim Bakes, their defensive coordinator, he likes to be aggressive. He likes to blitz, I think. Uh, that was sort of their default in, in a lot of tight games at the end of you know at the end of the games last season, when they needed to stop, he would just send you know he blitzed six every time and say, "Screw it, we're going to go down fighting." Um, but they don't want to have to do that as much this year, so they really emphasize getting getting there with four. Um, their their pass rush is is doesn't have Byron Young, who was a, a third round pick, uh, was an All SEC guy last season, but they've got some young guys, some some young former blue chip guys that are going to be stepping into bigger roles. But uh, to me, it's it's you know, you know, Virginia's got some, I think they've got some playmakers on the outside. And, and uh, you know, Malik Washington was a guy that one of Tennessee's assistant coaches mentioned the other day, the transfer from Northwestern. Uh, I think 
Malachi Fields is another one uh, that that seemed to, uh, you know, I think was it him that made the big play in the spring game for Virginia um, from 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 Musket. Uh, J.R. Wilson. Okay. All right. Well, they've got a couple of guys on the outside that are what big six two, six three guys, and you know Tennessee's going to play. You know they're going to play some man coverage. They'll mix up and play some zone too. But um, I, I got to see these these DBs sort of hold up better. And uh, they brought in some some freshmen and a, and a transfer to sort of help add some competition uh, to the position. But it seems like they're going to still rely on a lot of veterans. So you want to see you know, are those guys really better? You know these are third and fourth and fifth year guys. You know can are any of them going to have sort of late season sort of flourishes? That's what Tennessee needs to have happen for uh, the secondary, really this defense to take the next step. First games, a lot of things can happen. It's always tricky when you think about all these first games can live up to expectations. What is your expectations of Tennessee in this first game? Well, I, I think Tennessee will um, – I, I think the matchup is good for them because uh, it seems like Virginia's offensive line is still very much figuring things out, like a lot of teams are. I mean, that's pretty standard. Um, but Tennessee's defensive line was was pretty good last season. They were second in, against the run in the SEC – um, they've got some big athletic guys. They rotate a lot up front. So they, they, you know, they're going to be fresh when it's going to be 90 degree, 90, 95 degrees out there on, on Saturday in Nashville on that new turf. Um, you know, so the, their defensive line has been good in camp too. So, um, that's a, that's a, a matchup that I look at and, and think is pretty heavily in Tennessee's favor. And then you know, I think Virginia's still figuring some things out in the secondary as well. And, and Tennessee's got, uh, some playmakers. I know a lot of people point to not having Jalen Hyatt, not having Cedric Tillman, who had a big year in 2021. Um, but their starting receivers could be all guys that started in the Orange Bowl with Milton. So uh, he knows them. They know him. Uh, they added a, a transfer in Dante Thornton Jr. from Oregon, who's uh, been clocked at 24 miles an hour. He's you know another guy with elite speed that they're going to add to uh, to this offense. So I, I look at those two areas, and uh, I see – I see those as sort of overwhelming in Tennessee's favor, which makes me think that um, that, that Tennessee should be comfortable in this game. Uh, now with first games, Jackie, as you said, I mean, Tennessee, you know, they may not look like a top 10, top 15 team right off the bat. And, and Virginia may be better than the team that, that has been picked to finish last in the ACC. You know, they've, they've got, uh, I think, as you mentioned, in, in one of the things you had on our site, you know, they're ready to play a game. Obviously what, what happened at the end of last season, that's going to be heavy on their, their hearts and minds as they take the field and, uh, and they're going to be playing for something bigger than, uh, than themselves. So um, that could, you know, if it was closer than maybe a lot of people expected, that wouldn't surprise me. But uh, I think Tennessee has a couple of, of big advantages in this game that are going to keep the scoreboard pretty tilted in their favor, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I think the matchups are heavily in Tennessee's favor right now. I think this game is uh, really early for Virginia with considering all the new pieces that UVA is trying to incorporate. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us on the show today to break down what we expect from Tennessee. Thank you, Jackie. Appreciate you having me on and see you in Nashville. And thanks again for Patrick for joining us on the show. It's always nice to get the different perspective on the opponents since, you know, obviously Patrick covers Tennessee day in and day out. So it's always good to get that on the show but we're going to take a quick break and on the way back we're going to talk more specifically about virginia ahead of the season opener and then our prediction so we'll be right back hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight tech Textile Upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. So welcome back to the Good Old Podcast. We are previewing Virginia's opener against Tennessee. They kick off at noon Eastern, 11 Central in Nashville at Nissan Stadium um, on a neutral site. Um, but this is effectively a road game for Virginia against Tennessee in their home state. So it's going to be a, a loud environment for them. And actually, the team has been practicing Rocky Top playing and a lot of the uh, crowd noises that you would expect uh, in a in an environment that, you know, is not great for you. Um, so the staff and the coaches and the players are all prepared for that. Uh, so a couple of the injury notes, you've probably already read this. Also, if you read Wahoo's 24-7, all ACC defensive end Chico Bennett is probably one week away from coming back, so he will not play against the Vols. In addition to him, Antonio Clary will be a game-time decision. Good news for them is that Mikhail Boley will play, and Brian Stevens is also another guy who will play. Remember, Brian Stevens come back from a concussion, and Boley was coming back from a high ankle sprain. Jimmy Christ is not on the depth chart. He is back at practice limited, so he could be about a week away from returning. Not sure if he'll be ready for JMU, but that is a possibility. So those are some of the key injuries that we were waiting for, decisions for like this game. Obviously, we have a couple of guys like Xavier Brown that has a weeks away from coming back. Donovan Johnson, weeks away from coming back. And um, William Simpkins, I would expect him to come back relatively soon. But he's not going to be available for this game. Uh, he had he was recovering um, from an injury and then also uh, was an illness. Well, so that one was a delayed return. So obviously, a lot of the like we talked to Patrick with Chico Bennett out. You all eyes are going to be on Cam Butler at Bandit and Ben Smiley defensive end. And then you when you look at that, you can see Paul Akiri will also be a factor there. He's so versatile; he can play on both sides. But obviously, you expect him to go on Bandit, and you also have Bryce Carter who's another guy that would also factor in there. So defensive end section, um, definitely a little bit different than we expected preseason with Chico Bennett going down early on in the fall camp. Now, the point side of this game is 28 points, and like I said, different podcasts, different interviews. I see where that's coming from, and it's hard for me to say that Virginia will make it, as, make it close or if I don't pick Tennessee. I think this is a situation where Virginia does not match up well against Tennessee when you look at it from Tennessee's strengths to questions when it comes to Virginia. I think the defense certainly will challenge Joel Milton and that offensive line. I think, like we said, the D-line is returning a lot of veterans and is the strength of this defense. And with Joel Milton not have the ability to scramble like Hendon Hooker, I think that's where you could put all the pressure. That's what they want to do. But at the same time, Joel Milton has quite the arm, which will test the secondary, which has a quite a few different pieces. 
and Virginia has been playing around and moving them to different positions so they're comfortable. And with Antonio Clary being game time decision, they still, you know, they move Lex Long from linebacker where he was making some plays to safety to kind of help depth at that position. So that's definitely going to be a position battle to watch. But again, the key there is to make sure you pressure Joel Milton to make him uncomfortable because he's not a scrambler. He's going to want to release that ball, make those plays up the middle, but also unleash those very long balls down the field. That is your the biggest threat there. And obviously they're very quick, which means Coach Rod would not have the ability to really substitute as much as he wants. Um, so again, that is definitely a challenge in this game, a very big challenge for Virginia when it comes to the defense, because especially when you look at the offense, all the new pieces they're dealing with, obviously the O-line has been hurt the last couple of weeks, maybe around two weeks of fall camp, which means they didn't play much together. So they want to work together for the first few times here in game week and hopefully get Tony Musket and them all comfortable. You've got new wide receivers, um, trying to get chemistry with Tony Musket. You have freshmen in the two deep going into this environment. Some guys thrive in that type of environment. They just are built different and they really, they really grow in confidence in an environment like that. It's a sold out stadium. So you're really trying to see how these freshmen, um, kind of take advantage of their opportunities. Obviously you heard Patrick, Tennessee has spotted Malik Washington and Malachi Fields and J.R. Wilson as some of the wide receivers to watch in that one-on-ones battle. So Virginia offense has no margin of error in this game. Basically, if they have on the field, they can't turn over the ball and they need to keep the ball as much as possible because the Tennessee offense is known to be quick and can score and hurt you rather quickly. So not only did they not, cannot turn over the ball, but they have to be efficient with the ball, keep it, and, and then score as much as possible. I know scoring wins you games. I know it's, it's, it's great analysis right there, but it really is. This is going to be a game of efficiency. You got to take every single opportunity. You miss one opportunity that that can really hurt you down the line with this tough Tennessee opener for Virginia. So like I said, I, I can see Virginia hanging it in there in the beginning, um, especially with, uh, like I keep saying, this Virginia defense could cause Joe Milton and Tennessee some issues early on. I just think that this Tennessee team is just way too talented for Virginia to be able to keep up for the entire four quarters. But I do think that Virginia does have some good weapons on that defense to keep them in the game. It's just, can the Virginia offense uh, get some some time to relax and not get as gas because that's that's the issue that Virginia's defense will also have if Virginia offense does not stay on the field for long periods of time and turns over the ball. We feel like this team is better than some preseason predictions. Oh, they possibly potentially can be better than those. I think um, when you look at Virginia's team, you can see some areas where I would bet the over on the overall season of three and a half. Uh, game wins, but this is not one of those games where I think Virginia can sneak in. Um, I mean, they're face they're going to a hostile environment in Tennessee, playing in a sold out arena. There'll be a lot of orange, and it will not be Virginia orange. They'll dominate that stadium. So a lot to ask for Virginia as they head to Nashville this weekend. Uh, another piece of news there is that Virginia will be wearing UVA legacy patches on the three. Numbers 115-41 in honor of Lavelle Davis, Jr., Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler. Each of them will have a white patch here with their name and their jersey number. So then they'll be on those three jersey numbers. And then they'll also have a Hemet Decal as well to honor it. And Tennessee will start with a moment of silence as well for the three following Cavaliers, which is a very nice touch to open the game. The first football game 
since last November. So we are also going to be in Nashville for the game. So we'll have complete coverage from the road on Wahoo's 24-7. And we'll be right back here for podcast on Monday to talk about the game, um, talking a little bit about what we saw and what's the expectations as they head to the home home opener against James Madison. So once again, thank you for Patrick Brown to joining on the show and breaking down Tennessee. And of course, we will have more coverage on Wahoo's 24-7 as we count down to the season opener. 